Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. This message is worthy of it all. Everyone say worthy of it all, come on. Let's say it again, say worthy of it all. We're talking about it, we're saying it. This morning is going to be about how we're going to go live it. Revelation chapter 4, verse number 8 says this, Day and night they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now this verse comes from the book of Revelation, which was a vision that the Lord gave to the Apostle John. There's a lot of of things in Revelation. It's a lot to take in, but we can understand what this verse is about. It's about saying and declaring to the Lord that He is holy, and it goes on. The praise keeps going. Verse 11, you are worthy, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So this verse, again, this scripture, it's the kind of worship that puts God as the pinnacle of honor and praise in our life. It keeps going, chapter 5, verse 12, and in a loud voice, who, who is they? It's the angels. It's all created beings. They were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, of course, that's Jesus, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Right now, this is the song that's being sung in heaven. You know that, right? Day and night, this is what's being sung over and over as we sit here right now. This is what's being sung in heaven. You are worthy of it all, Lord. That's what they're saying. You are holy. You you deserve honor and praise and glory. And while this song is being sung in heaven, we sit here on earth neck deep in the question, am I worthy or is God worthy of it all? We ask ourselves that every day, maybe not mentally, maybe not out loud, but by the decisions we make, by the things we do, that is the question. Do we believe that God is worthy of it all? Because I believe most of us would say, yeah, yeah, he is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of every minute of our time. He's worthy of every dollar that we have. He's worthy of it all. So on that point, I just want to pray for us, but I really want to pray today, you know what I mean? I want to pray that we are ready to face that question today. We're ready to be able to declare to him that he is worthy. Let's pray like we many. Would you bow your heads with me? Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you to come. We need you to do what you do. And so God, we worship you today. We say it with our lips. May we live it with our lives, Father. May we declare through the way we live day and night that you are worthy of it all. 
Father, I pray for us today that as we come into this place, no matter where we're at in life, I pray for each and every person watching online. I pray for each and every person in this room that, Father, you have a specific thing for them today. And I pray right now every one of us would just, would just tap into the fact that you love us and that you're here for us and that you have something for us today. The Father, we wouldn't think we're here just because it's routine, but we think we're here for a purpose today. That God, you have a purpose for us. So ready our hearts to receive what you have right now in this moment. Holy Spirit, would you do that? Maybe just on your own, just pause and just say, Lord, I'm ready to receive today. I'm ready to give today. I'm ready for whatever you have today. We pray these things in your name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to go? Well, like I said, we are starting this new series today called Fully Devoted, and today, this first week, is called Worthy of It All. And I, and I can't think of a better statement to really um, illustrate the contrast of our cultural dilemma than this statement, you are worthy of it all. And when I say cultural dilemma, I mean the increasing, if you will, distance people feel in their responsibility to the gospel. You know, even for, for Christians, you know, we, we love to stay close and near to the Lord and the thrills and the Holy Spirit chills. We love the warm fuzzies, right? But we, we, we become increasingly absent when our faith actually costs us something. And more and more Christians are just finding it a lot easier to stay on the outskirts, if you will, than to actually lean in to a life that's worth, that demonstrates that he is worthy of it all. See, we're living in a world that's convinced us that, that you and me, that we're the ones that are worthy of it all. It's the dilemma. Now, here's the thing. Mentally, intellectually, you probably know that God is worthy of it all. Theologically, you've come to the place to understand that God is worthy of it all. But realistically, realistically, do we live demonstrating this reality, this fact that God is the one that is truly worthy of it all. So within the story of God, I'm going to teach you a little bit today. Is that all right? Within the story of God, there's, a, there's these threads that run through the Bible. There's these themes they call meta-narratives of God. And they continually pop up. So if you're reading from you know, the Bible in a year, you're going to see these threads sort of pop up throughout the scripture. And they kind of work like a thread, like maybe on a sweater. You know, you grab a thread on a sweater and you pull the thread on a sweater. And if it's like maybe like an old school, like, you know, crocheted sweater or something, it would like unravel the whole thing, right? Because that thread runs throughout the entire sweater. Now, if you pull on this thread in the scripture, it's not like the scriptures become unraveled, but it sort of does work like it unfolds the Bible before us. And it unfolds the whole story of God. So every couple of years, I show you what I'm about to show you just to make sure if you're new here or maybe you forgot about this, that you, come, that you become aware of this. Because I believe this is a really important way to view the, the Bible. And it's called narrative theology. And I'm going to have some, some slides up here. And this is understanding the story of God. So whenever we see narrative theology, if we were going to look at it from a story perspective, and you see across this kind of timeline, if you will, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, of course, you have Jesus in there, you're going to see in the Bible these threads that run through it. For example, this first thread that you'll see that kind of runs all the way through it, it pops up every once in a while. And we're just going to use a really simple one and say this meta-narrative is God's mission. This is a thread 
Are you guys wish me? There's, there's a thread of God's mission running all the way from the time Adam and Eve sinned all the way through the Old Testament where the people needed rescued time and time again, needed forgiven time and time again. And then all the way through Jesus, of course, he is the reason for the mission. God's mission is to restore, redeem, to rescue. It happens most notably in the person of Jesus. And then it actually is continuing to happen through the purpose of the church. It's all about his mission. And it continues to happen even while Jesus is going to come again. That's the thread. Are you guys with me? Let's look at another thread. So we have another thread that runs through it. We'll just call it the thread of God's love. This is a pretty simple one. We see God's love throughout it. We see our need for his grace and his love and his forgiveness. If you pulled that string, that thread out of the Bible, if it didn't exist, can you imagine how empty the Bible would be? That thread is what's holding it together. It unfolds the story of God. Then the third thread, the main thread that we're talking about today is this third thread that we're just calling God's glory. And it's hidden down there behind the keyboard, but you see what it is. God's glory is the worship. In other words, the worship, the praise, the honor, the glory that we give to God. This is a thread throughout the story of God. And without it, we are missing not only the story of God, but the story of us as his people. And so this thread is is a critical thread to understanding the story of God and the narrative of how it all works. So when we read in Revelation about this scene in the throne room of God, we get to pull on one of those strings. We get to grab the string and realize, oh, this this thing has got a lot going with it because it just continually reveals itself throughout the story of God. We have to understand that if that's true of God's story, then it must play a significant role in the story of our own life. Now... We're talking about the worthiness of God. You ever heard someone say something like, oh, it was so worth it? You guys know what I'm talking about? So like whenever someone, uh, maybe they worked really hard on a project and they say it was so worth it. And the reason I'm talking about these narrative threads is because we have to understand that without them, we start to have the inability to see, of course, the true things that God is doing in life. But this idea that it's so worth it, it pops up all the time in our life. We say it all the time. You know, I, I remember, you know, it was maybe 15 years ago when all these millennials were reading uh, Harry Potter books. You guys know what I'm talking about? And you're like, they're, it, they're 600 pages long and all these people hate reading. But they're like, it's so worth it though. It's so worth it. All seven books, 600 pages, no big deal. I'm like, you haven't read anything else but you're reading that. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's so worth it, right? Christy and I, there's a place here in the city, a restaurant we go to, and they have this cake that we really like. It costs $12, not for the cake, but for a slice. Ah, slice. (laughs) But y'all, it's so good. It's so worth it. It's got seven layers of ooey gooey chocolate rich cake with ooey gooey buttercream icing. It's so worth it, y'all. I've never done that voice. I'm making room for the new. (laughs) So here's the thing, though. I mean, that's that cake literally is so worth it to me. I'd even pay more than $12 for it. One slice. I'd pay 13. No more. But I do it. I do it. So when we say the words, it's so worth it, we are actually defining worship. 
The English word for worship, this kind of comes from an old English word, meaning worthiness or worth-ship. So in its simplest form, worship demonstrates, declares something that is worthy. Are you with me? And so worship is an act of saying, you are worthy, God. So when we gather in settings like this and we have times of worship, you know, our team, Stephen, Christy, Ryan, our, our whole team, we talk about things like, hey, we can't, we can't, we can't make worship happen. This doesn't, it's not like something that's, it's a prescription. No, it's, it's something that we can hopefully create an environment that allows for worship to occur. So we're not trying to manipulate worship experiences. You know what I mean? We're not sitting here going, okay, let's see how many hands we can get to get up in the air today. You know what I mean? Oh, look, there's another one. I think that's a first timer worth two points. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Oh, some watery eyes. I think we really got them today. You know, that's not really what we're trying to do. Although demonstrations of worship are a beautiful thing. But when we pray for greater freedom and greater power in worship, we know that that first begins in the heart. That begins in your heart and my heart, that a heart that truly believes that God is worthy. And here's the thing about believing that, you can't fake it. If you don't believe that he's worthy, you're definitely not gonna live it. But I also wanna say this, if you believe that he's worthy, then we should be able to see it. You know, hands in the pocket, you know, kind of not even singing, doesn't demonstrate a life that says he's worthy. That's not calling anybody out. That's just something that seems pretty obvious. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think if, if you believe he's worthy of it all, it would be like I would grab a string in your life and I'd start pulling because here's the thing. It would be the narrative thread of your life that's saying he's worthy. See, here's the thing about God's story and the narrative threads, God's mission, God's love, God's glory. Those are the same threads that we're supposed to be living. We're supposed to be carrying out his mission. We're supposed to be ambassadors of his love and we're supposed to be people who constantly give him glory. Am I, are, we, are we tracking together, right? We're finding out that if I can't pull that string in your life, then, then that string is absent. Guess what? Your life doesn't, it doesn't, un, it not only unfolds the story, but it may unravel the story of your life when one is missing. In Romans 1, Paul talks about the people who have forgotten God's glory and their worthiness. Romans chapter 1, verse 23, it says this, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So it says, that they, although they knew him, <laughs> it wasn't like these people didn't know him. Yeah. Although they knew him, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. Their, their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. In other words, they didn't even realize how far they had, they had gone from their uh, original way of thinking. Although they claimed to be wise, they thought they were smart. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings, like celebrities and athletes, fashion icons, and all these things that we make idols out of, and birds and animals and reptiles, other created things, in other words. Sound familiar to anyone? It sounds a little bit like our world we live in. Notice what Paul writes, though. He says, they didn't quit worshiping. No, they just started worshiping something else, which I think is an interesting point, that we don't, we're actually hardwired to worship. We don't actually 
ever stop worshiping something. We worship something all the time. Now, it's just if we exchange worshiping the God Almighty or do we worship created things? We're hardwired for it. If we don't put our worship into God, we'll worship something. How many of you know that this question that I mentioned at the beginning, am I worthy or is God worthy of it all? How many know that that question is a real question, right? It really is. It's not one that we ask out loud, but our lives are constantly asking it by the way that we live and the decisions that we make. There's a famous statement that Jesus made in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. You guys have heard this before, but he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny. Everyone say deny. Must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Now, when he says take up your cross, now in simple terms, Carrying a cross in this time always led to death. It was a one-way ticket. It was a one-way journey. Everyone that set, heard Jesus say, take up your cross daily, knew what he meant, that there would be some sort of death in this, in this process of taking up your cross. Now, Jesus put these two ideas of taking up your cross and denying yourself, and he puts them together, and he actually basically says these things mean the same thing. They mean the same thing. And clearly, he's not speaking of a physical death daily. That's impossible. He's also not even talking about a, a, you know, carrying your cross you know, literally on your back every day. He's not talking about that. We understand that. He's speaking to something a little deeper than that. But he's talking about the death of a self-centered nature and purpose, right? A, a, a denial of the flesh in order to make way for the spirit to lead you. Now, I wonder how many in here... And I'm going to go ahead and just ask the question. How many of you want to have a spirit-led life? Right? We want the Lord to lead us in our life. Well, this is it. In many ways, the notion of denying ourselves is, is today's culture um, of, of really the recipe for being able to be spirit-led. In our culture, by the way, this is something that would be considered crazy. Right? The, the notion of denying self is kind of basically an absurd idea. We might, not, we, we might sort of agree with it in sentiment, but again, I keep reiterating this, the, the idea of denying self in reality is just unrealistic. Think about the cultural messaging we experience every day, right? It says the exact opposite of denying yourself. Everything that we see in advertising or products or even most self-help endeavors, they fall into the category of what I would call self-worship. They fall in the category of, of self-fulfillment. Do they not? Yeah. And they, essentially they're declaring that you're worthy of it all, whether it be that new car or that new thing or whether it be in materialistic gain or whether it be in some sort of um, personal sort of self-fulfilling kind of endeavor or dream that you have. You know, the closest thing that we have that's acceptable in our culture today for self-denial is in the form of health and fitness, right? So, you know, I believe, we all believe in good health. I know I believe in it, you believe in it. So we do our best to deny ourselves things like candy or $12 slices of cake, right? We're like, I can't have that today. I'm being, I'm being good, right? So we, we deny ourselves of those things and so we do our best because we think those things will make us less healthy. And so 
maybe we sacrifice by getting up at 5 a.m. to go do, and go do CrossFit or to get on the Stairmaster. Is that still a thing? <laughs> Stairmaster gets you work up a sweat, by the way. But, but in, the, in the end, isn't self-denial or sacrifice in the form of health and fitness, isn't it still a mechanism for further self-fulfillment to make us feel good about ourselves? No. I'm a proponent of exercise and good health, so go for it. However, comma, I'm just creating a point that even the things that we do deny ourselves of for the sake of something beneficial like our health is usually not because we believe our body's a temple and we need to give it to the Lord and it's an act of worship, but it's actually more an act of self-worship. That we want to look good, feel good, be prideful about how we present ourselves. And although those things aren't necessarily bad, I'm all for it. Go be healthy. My point is, we have all sorts of um, forms of worship in our life that we have to kind of, we have to sift our way through to are we really living a life worthy that says, God, you are worthy of it all. Another version of denial or sacrifice that kind of is culturally acceptable is when you deny yourself for the sake of something down the road. For example, in career, you know, if you have a career, you're gonna, you're gonna sacrifice and go to grad school and work long hours and you're gonna do all these things and you're gonna put the effort in up front because there's a long-term gain, right? It's all gonna be worth it in the end, right? And so I'll do what I got to do, but I'm not doing it for nothing. I'm doing it for something. It's for the corner office. It's for the, it's for the salary that I someday want. It's for whatever that thing is that you're pursuing because you eventually want to get to the place where you get what you want. We cannot fathom a version of a good life that does not involve getting all we want. Robert Ross, great, oh, excuse me. That's a good friend of mine, Robert Roberts. I don't know why I said that. Author Robert Roberts, great name, by the way. Um, He says, in an earlier time, it was thought never fitting to deny God. Now it seems never right to deny oneself. That's so true, Robert Roberts. You nailed it. (laughs) Think about the things, the mantras we operate from. Be true to yourself. Follow your heart. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. You be you, trust no one but yourself. This is the cultural orthodoxy of our day. By the way, these are the narrative threads of today's culture. They keep popping up. So what does Jesus mean by deny yourself and take up your cross? I heard one pastor explain it like this, and I'll put this on the screen. He says, he says that Jesus is saying to deny yourself, not to deny yourself. You have to see that visually, right? But he's saying to deny yourself, not to deny yourself. <laughs> Meaning, it's not, it, it may not be necessary to deny yourself the $12 piece of cake, although sometimes it may be a good idea to. That's not really what Jesus is getting into. Um, because whenever Jesus talks about you and yourself, it's, it's something, something beautiful, he sees you as um, delight, and he, he loves you, and he, and he sees you even as super, surpassing the worth of all created things, is what it says in the book of Matthew. But the term self is synonymous with the term flesh in the scriptures. And so it's at the center point of where the enemy works in your life 
in order to come against you. The enemy works to steal, kill, and destroy, right? That's what he wants to do to you. He wants to take you out. But he wants you to believe he's going to work through your flesh to deceive you that you are the one that is worthy of it all. And the enemy not only works through that deception, but he also works through another sort of channel. And that channel is called um, basically the world. We call it, you know, kind of worldly influence, if you will. And he'll use the sinful society around us to influence what we think and do. And so with those two things, the enemy wages war against us through the self or the flesh, the deception of our minds, and then, of course, the deception through the world. And Jesus says, that's what you're supposed to deny. Deny yourself. Deny that flesh. In other words, put that flesh to death. I want you to crucify the flesh. I want you to carry your cross, and I want you to crucify that. Put it to death. Denying self collides with one of the things we talked about last week. Last week I said we must be people who contend over consume. We must be people who are contenders. Not pretenders, but contenders, right? We need to contend over consume in our life. And I don't know about you, but I have found myself uh, living a life that we're denying self if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to deny self, it requires quite a bit of discipline. And that discipline requires quite a bit of training. Has anyone ever tried to be disciplined without training? It is very difficult. It's very difficult to live a disciplined life when you're not really engaging in training activities. Because eventually you just give in. You just... Have, don't have the strength, if you will, to deny self because you're not keeping yourself fit. Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians 9.25. You guys have all heard this, but he says all athletes are disciplined. Everyone say disciplined. disciplined. In their training. Everyone say training. training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So he's saying, listen, the race that we're in, it's for it's to, it's the race to eternity. It's the race to heaven. It's it's the narrow way that leads to God. So I run with a purpose in every step. I love that. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just hitting the air. I'm not just you know wasting energy. No, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. It's a good word, right? We've heard it, but it's still good every time you read it. So many of us struggle with our disciplines. You don't have to answer this, but how many of you just struggle with the disciplines? How many of you struggle to do the things you really want to do? And how many times do you find yourself, especially spiritually speaking, never doing the things you want to do, but continuing to do the things you don't want to do? Anybody feel that tension? We want to be disciplined but we struggle to be disciplined. We want to deny self, but we continue to be deceived that we are worthy of it all instead of God is worthy of all. And we continue to operate in this, way, this war that is being waged against our soul. It's being waged against our flesh by the enemy. Yeah. Most of us really want to live a life that says, God, you are worthy of it all, and my life reflects that. Most of us want that. So here's what I want to do. I want to get practical and hands-on with that hope today. I want to do something a little different. 
than we typically do in a message, but I want to introduce you to something that we are kind of starting today. So this fully devoted teaching series will lead us up through Easter, which is five weeks from now. And along with this series, there's going to be a devotional experience to help you live fully devoted. And I actually have a video that I'm going to kind of narrate for us. You've got a little music with it. Come on. So fully devoted, it's a five-week devotion. Just follow me. I'll be your narrator. Fully devoted. It's starting. It's on our website right now. A new one will be released every week. There's five weeks. There's a bunch of additional links there on the homepage. You can go to the website right now, to the app, and you can find these things. But if we're going to just go ahead and check out week number one, it's called Worthy of It All. It's like we had a plan. There's some instructions. Every Monday, there'll be a new devotional given to you. There's reflection questions for you to do, things for you to think about and apply through the week. There's even devoted practices, and this is really where the, where the money is. The first one is hiding the word in your heart, this practice of scripture memory. We even gave you tools like graphics that you can download, make to your phone background, you know, make to your computer background. I have that on my phone right now, on my computer right now. I'm already learning this week. I'm a few days ahead of you. Catch up with me. Devoted Plus, it's like Disney Plus. It's additional practices to help you. The first one is the Bible reading plan. And so the Gospel of Luke is coming at you. We have five weeks of everyday reading. On Mondays, you'll read the devotional. On the next day, Tuesday, so forth, it goes and takes you through one chapter a day with a reflection question about each week. You don't have to do this, but you can. That's why it's called Devoted Plus. There's hiding the word in your heart. Hiding the word in your heart is scripture memory. It tells you how to do it. Here's some helpful tips. If you've never memorized scripture, they're all right there at the touch of your finger. You can check it out. All right, so here we have the second, the second devoted practice, contending over consuming, fasting and prayer. So we have a five-week plan for you on how to be a contender, not a consumer. So you guys see right there, week one, one-hour prayer. Week two, deny one food item. Week three, social media, denying fast. Um, week four, an all-media fast. Week five, a 24-hour food fast. It's crazy. It's going to be great. But here's the deal. We really want you to prepare for this, so we're going to give you some things to do. Devoted Plus says, I'm going to stack these. I'm going to do them all. I'll talk about that in a minute, because that's really, really absurd to do in today's world. To do more than one thing at a time? I don't know. But here we go. The what, why, and hows of this are right here. So how do I prepare to do a fast? It's all here. We're not gonna leave you hanging. We're not gonna leave you guessing. We're gonna answer it. If you're curious about week two, it's called God Has You. But you know what? You can't get it till next week. If you're curious about week three, it's called the voice of God. And we're gonna talk about listening. It's gonna be a really great thing. Week four, it's called Keeps On Getting Better. You agree? That's what I'm saying. And so here we go. And then week five, it's called betrayed, deserted, and denied. It's going to be what happens when we go off the rails. You know what I'm saying? And so here it is, fully devoted. What do you guys think? I'm a little out of breath. No rehearsal. The heart of this, I did it. Mom, I did it. <laughs> Christy at home, I did it. The heart of this is we really want to help you. We don't do this stuff for fun. It is fun, but that's not why we do it. We want to help you be a person that lives fully devoted to Christ. A five-week devotional is not going to do it. 
We understand that. But I want to start training so I can be disciplined. And when I don't train, I'm not going to be disciplined. And so if you need some training help, that's what we're trying to do. That's why we do Bible reading plans and prayer rooms. And that's why we do one hour prayer, nonstop prayer. That's why we do all this stuff. It's not because we just want to be you know, spiritual or we want to just do things for fun. We do renewal nights and all the things we do so that we aren't Christians who just come to church and leave and live like the rest of the world the rest of the week, but that we become Christians who are fully devoted followers of Jesus, giving everything we have with our mission, ambassadors of his love, and people who say, I'm going to give God the glory he deserves in my life. That's why we do this stuff. So I want to just review really quick. What is this all about? I just think it's really important, fully devoted. I just want you to understand what this is. First of all, it's a five-week devotion. It's available on our app or our website. I know I'm reviewing, but sometimes you need to hear something twice. Number two, every Sunday is a new week. A new week will be released, and that starts today. It's on our app. It's on our website as we speak. Number three, you read the Devo on Monday. That's our suggestion of how you do this. There's a one Devo a week. It's kind of a longer one. It has reflection questions. And then you do the devoted practices through the week. And the devoted practices, I'll get to those in a minute. But let me just answer the question. If you're already doing a Devo, you already got things that you're doing in your life, you're like, I don't have any time for this. All I'm saying is, if possible, add what you can from this because this is what we're doing as a church body and it would be really cool for you to be a part of it. But listen, this isn't a daily big commitment. This is like a Monday reading and then you can do some things through the week. Number five, devoted practices. This is one of the things you would do through the week that you would work on scripture memory. You gotta hide the word in your heart. You know what I'm talking about? We got the scripture memory graphics to go with that. Devoted number practice number two is the five different fasting and prayer uh, practices. And I'll talk about those, uh, or you can read about those in a minute. But prepare ahead of time for the fasting practices. Uh, it's not something you're just going to be like, oh, I'm going to do that today. You need to read ahead. We have all that stuff on there as well. And then Devoted Plus, our Disney Plus kind of version, represents our additional practices. And I just want to talk about Devoted Plus for a second because Devoted Plus truly is this. This is like if you want to take the next step, you want to go a little further, you want something that you're chewing on every day, the first one is the Bible reading plan, the Gospel of Luke. We just take you through that, give you some reflection. And then the next one is stack the fasting and prayer. By the end of the five weeks, this is what would happen if you do this. You would do five weeks of one-hour prayer. You do four weeks of denying one food item. I'll let you read about that. Three weeks of, of social media fast. Two weeks of an all media fast. And one food fast of 24 hours or longer. If you stack them, that's devoted plus. Which, it just hit me, that's nothing like Disney plus. <laughs> There's definitely no Wanda, but there is some vision in that. Mm. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? It's $4.99, friends. $5.99, get it. It's worth it. I'm sorry. A couple disclaimers. It's a tool. It's a tool, right? If you choose to not do anything with this, that's up to you and it's okay. Because there's no tests. There's no, there's no surveys or questionnaires that are going to be asking you if you're doing this. We, you know, at the end of the day, it's here to help you. But this is for you, and our hope is that this will help you actually go and live the life that you really want to live. Yeah. Remember, that's what I said a minute ago. There's, there's this tension between what we, what we do and what we want sometimes. And sometimes we don't actually do what we want. 
And I wanna make four declarations to kind of close this, this morning up. And these declarations are things that I think that you and me as Christians, if you're a Christian today, if, you, if you're here and you're exploring Christianity or you're just here visiting, you know, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you, God loves you, he wants a relationship with you. But I also would say this, if you're, if you're someone that's known Christ for a long time, I believe that there's some, some things that you want. And so these declarations that I'm about to kind of show you are just really just representations, I believe what's already in our heart. And we just have to actually start saying these things out loud. Right here, check this out. So I want, I wanna grow my love for God, right? Isn't that a want that you have? I mean, these are really simple declarations, but these are things that sometimes we just don't say all out. I wanna grow my love for God. I wanna contend over consume. I'm hopeful that you wanna be a contender for God's presence, that you wanna have a hunger and thirst for God's presence, for the things of God, over just the consumption of the things of the world. I wanna contend over consume. I wanna discipline and train myself, right? That this is something I want. I wanna be someone who knows how to train and I wanna become disciplined in myself. And then to always say, to always live, always be able to say God is worthy of it all. Anybody say that this is what you want? I, I, there was a question mark, wasn't there? Does anybody say that this is what you want? I hope this is what you want because the opposite of this is I don't want to grow my love for God. I want to consume over contend. I, want, I don't want to discipline or train myself. I want to do whatever I want. And I don't want to say God is worthy. I want to say I am worthy. I hope you don't want the opposite of that. I hope you want that, right? I'm excited to see what will happen for those who participate in this. I'm excited to see what happened over this fully devoted kind of experience together where we become people who maybe unplug somewhat, maybe find ourselves resting more in his presence instead of just our phones or instead of binge watching or whatever it is. And I wanna end with a bit of worship today. I'm about to pray for us. But this phrase fully devoted, it, it really comes from uh, many places in the scripture, but the place that sort of resonated with me initially and sort of inspired kind of what we're doing right now comes from one of my favorite passages, Acts chapter two, verse 42. And it says this, it says, every believer, everyone say every believer. Every believer was faithfully devoted. Everyone say devoted. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles, which means the teachings of Jesus. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. That's the dream, friends. That's the dream. To be a people, to see every believer faithfully, fully devoted to Jesus. Let's pray together. Will you bow your heads? I want to pray over you today. You know, God, we declare that you are worthy of it all. It's not us. It's you that's worthy. God, we pray less, less of, uh, less of us. It's like John the Baptist said, less of us and more of you. God, we pray that we can catch glimpses and experience more of what we read in places like Acts 2, that we would see that 
in this church body and in our city and in the church around the world, that Lord, there would be something that would rise up in the people of God that as we've been saying is a renewal of your people. The Father, we would see your mission restored. We would see your love spread. We would see the glory of God filling the world because you deserve it all, Father. You deserve all the honor, the praise, and the power and the glory, Father. We pray that in Jesus' name. Here's, here's what I wanna do, I wanna pray for you. So if you, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, would you just put your hands in front of you maybe as you're, like, you're ready to receive something today? I don't know, sometimes posture and the way we pray is important. Put your hands in front of you, even at home. Just close your eyes, put your hands in front of you. Holy Spirit, we come to you today and we thank you for your presence. We wanna be more aware of your presence, God. Make us more aware of what you're doing around us. The beauty, the awe, and the wonder. And perhaps you resonated with those statements, those I want statements, those declarations. It's just saying to God, the things that you really wanna see come to life in you maybe more than it ever has. It doesn't say you're not doing those things, it's just saying I want more of those things. So I just want you to actually be able to pray that to him, even with your hands in front of you to say that these are the things that you want. And so if you wanna grow your love for God, I just wanna encourage you to whisper that prayer. Just say this, say, I wanna grow my love for you, God. Just say that right now. I wanna grow my love for you, God. You can just whisper that where you're at. I wanna grow my love for you, God. If you wanna contend over consume, you can just whisper that prayer. Just say, I wanna contend over consume for you, God. I want to contend over consume for you, God. Just say that prayer. If you want to be more disciplined in your life, if you're constantly struggling with the things you do and don't do and you just want more discipline, you can just pray that prayer. Just whisper it right now and just say, I want to discipline and train myself. Help me with this, Lord. I want to discipline and train myself. Help me with this. And if you want a life that always declares to the Lord that he is worthy of it all, just whisper that prayer. Say, I want my life to declare that you are worthy of it all, Lord. I want my life to declare that you're worthy of it all. Let me close with this. If today you need to experience power and glory and God's help or his touch or his love, if you're in a place where you're just like, I came in here and I just need the Lord to move in my life. I'm struggling with some things. I understand. And I want you to know that God is here to meet you. And I just want you to just say to him right now, just whisper a prayer, kind of like we've just been saying, say, God, I need you right now. Will you come? We just pray that if you're in a place of need right now, God, I need you right now. Will you come? Will you meet with me? Will you give me a special touch? Would you heal my body? Would you, would you, would you open my heart? Would you help me forgive? Would you help me feel better? Would you help me get over this depression? Would you help me, Father? I need your help. Just, just cry out to him right now. Say, God, I need your help right now. Father, I pray over these next number of weeks as we do a devotional, as we talk about fully devoted, as we talk about these things, as we go about our lives, I just pray that you would open new doors, that you would bring new hope, that you would right wrongs, that you would grow trust, that, Father, you would share your love, not only with us, but through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. We pray all these things in your name.
Amen. Would you stand with us? We're going to give one last moment of giving God the glory today. We're going to worship. This altar is open if you need to come and pray. Maybe there's something that's been said today or something that God's brought to your mind that you're like, I just need to pray. I need to surrender that to the Lord today. The altar is open for prayer during song. You can pray with people. Our prayer team's available as well. But let's sing about the greatness and the glory of our Heavenly Father. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.